Welcome back to this week's episode of Sports Talk. If you're new here, my name's Alice Featherplace, and if you haven't already noticed by the name of this podcast, I talk all things sport with new episodes every week. Quick weekly wrap for you all. This week has been very productive for me. I feel like I've been getting back into a normal routine since being in isolation. And I also found out that Nepal will be starting back up in the next couple of weeks, which I am so excited about. And I hope you have all had a great week too and have been enjoying your sport talented athlete program. So I'm very excited for this week's episode as I find this topic so interesting and beneficial to my performance in sport. So I feel like you guys will love it too. We'll be looking at how psychology can affect performance, in particular in the sport of cricket. Our segments today will be motivation, anxiety and arousal, strategies to enhance motivation and manage anxiety, elite motivators, and then an interview with a dual athlete, Josh Featherface. So what is psychology? In basic terms, it refers to the many aspects of the mind and how it affects the body. And it is important because it's actually one of the biggest determinants of winning and losing at the elite level. There are many ideas that surround psychology and sports performance, such as strong mind beats a strong body, mind can overpower physical capabilities. To me, these are such cool concepts and I'm so excited to educate you all on psychology as the mind is so powerful and knowing how it can impact our performance is something beneficial to learn, especially if you are training to become elite athletes. Let's just briefly touch on cricket and why it's such an important sport to look at in relation to psychology because There's always extreme pressure scenarios, as every sport has, but I find that cricket really flies under the radar with how mentally tough it is. Watching 11 men stand out on the field may not seem so mentally hard, but in reality, one little stuff up could cost them the game, and then it makes it harder for them to recover from this mistake. My listener recommendation for this week is the Test Series. This is a great documentary series on the Australian cricket team and the struggles that they faced after they lost Warner, Smith and Bancroft because of the ball tempering cheating scandal. I seriously cannot recommend this show enough. I loved it so much. I'm not a major cricket fan, but after watching this, it really opened my eyes to the game of cricket and I will be referring to it a lot throughout this episode because it's so beneficial and interesting. The link to this documentary series is in the show notes, so it's there if you guys would like to go check it out. It's eight episodes and they're about one hour long each. So our first segment today will be looking at motivation. Now, what is motivation? It is the desire to achieve a goal or accomplish a task, and it is the driving force behind an athlete. Now, motivation is very key to performance in all sports. Motivation comes in different forms, which can be negative, positive, intrinsic, and extrinsic. Throughout this segment, I will be defining each type and exploring how they are used for the Australian cricket team. Positive motivation can be seen as rewarding an athlete for performance. It often evokes a desired response from an athlete and encourages them to behave, train, and perform in a particular manner, typically resulting from previous positive reinforcing behaviours by the coach, spectators, or athlete. This type of motivation could come through positive praise or external rewards such as sponsorship deals, trophies or recognition. 
The Australian cricket team, for example, their passion for the game is what motivates them to do their best. Their positive motivation comes from the rewarding feeling of playing for Australia as there is such a strong reputation associated with it. There's such a strong history behind elite Australian cricket, so receiving praise from their country is one of the many things that motivates them. Whereas negative motivation is driven by applying a consequence or an adverse reinforcement for poor performance. It derives from the fear of consequences such as lack of respect from others, missing selection on a team or loss of prize money. Once an athlete experiences these feelings, they will then be motivated to avoid feeling it again by performing well and meeting their set goals. So this type of motivation, yes, it's called negative, but that doesn't mean that it won't have a beneficial impact on your performance, but it is also advisable to not steer towards negative motivation as a tool to push you as an athlete, as it can place excessive pressure on you to succeed, which can lead to burnout either during or before or after um, performance. Even elite athletes use negative motivation as a way to do well when performing. So, for example, the Australian cricket team lost the respect of Australia and the world after the cheating scandal. Steve Waugh, a former Australian cricketer, thought that the Australian cricket team had lost its humility, thought they were arrogant, selfish and put themselves first. So this negative motivation pushed them to change their performance and prove everyone wrong because they experienced those feelings of disappointment, regret, and also copped a lot of hate. So to avoid experiencing that again, they were so driven to rebuild the Australian cricket culture, which is to play fairly, show respect, and have a strong sense of mateship at all times. You also see in the test documentary how Aaron Finch, Australian batter, was motivated to do well because he had the fear of being dropped from the team as it had happened to him before. So this negative motivation impacted his efforts and determination whenever he went out to bat, which actually resulted in a really positive performance from him. I'd like you all to think back to a time before a big sporting game or competition. Were you motivated? If so, what was driving you to achieve your best in that game or competition? Where did that drive come from? Was it internally or externally? Did you feel motivated because you were excited, felt a sense of a personal reward or achievement, or simply because you enjoyed the skill and sport you were executing? If so, you experience intrinsic motivation, which is commonly termed desire or initiative. It can be defined as performing an action or engaging in a behavior because of the enjoyment and satisfaction derived from the activity itself. If you are able to motivate yourself from within, you are more likely to continue and be more successful because you are controlled by external factors. Before that big game or competition, were you motivated by financial rewards, trophies, public recognition, a state title, expectations from your coaches, family, teammates or supporters? If this is the type of stuff that was motivating you to do well, then it was extrinsic motivation, which can be very powerful as it can actually make an athlete feel accountable for their actions and performance. If an athlete has too much extrinsic motivation, it can lead to feelings of stress or burnout in the future, especially if it is coming from negative external factors. 
So it is important to have a balance between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. When I was watching the test series, I noticed how the Australian cricket team would use a lot of extrinsic motivation to help better their performance. It was pretty cool to watch. That's why I recommend it so much. But an example that I picked up was when Steve Smith came back from his year ban from the Australian cricket team. He was walking out to bat in front of a massive, loud England crowd who were so passionate. You'd think his motivation would just flatten. But instead, this is what he said. For me, it actually makes me think I must be somewhat sort of a threat if they are booing me and want me to fail. So I kind of take a bit of joy in the fact that they're doing it and use it to motivate me. When I heard him say this, I was like, wow, what a legend that he was that focused but motivated at the same time to take people booing him and hating on him as a way to help him perform well. I just thought it was amazing to see how mentally capable these elite athletes are in extreme pressure scenarios like that. Now, not every athlete is the same, which means that there are different forms of motivation needed for different performance scenarios. So take Steve Smith's example. He is booing as intrinsic motivation to positively impact his performance, but this won't necessarily be a golfer's type of motivation as Their scenario is different, you know, they have a quieter environment and their drive may not be to prove the crowd wrong and their crowd wouldn't even be booing in the first place just because of the nature of the sport. So as I wrap up this segment, I'd just like to let you all know that I have included a motivation test in the show notes if you would like to get a greater understanding of what motivates you and where your motivation comes from. So for instance, when I took it, it told me that I'm very motivated by seeking reward for my behavior, plus many other things. But I just thought it was a very interesting tool to use, even if you are struggling with finding where your motivation comes from. Our second segment today will be focused on the difference between anxiety and arousal and the effect it can have on performance. So anxiety is a heightened level of emotion which occurs in response to a real or perceived threat. At the extreme, anxiety disrupts and unsettles behaviour by lowering an individual's concentration and affecting their muscular control, which can negatively impact their performance. So, for example, in cricket, anxiety can come from many different scenarios. Because of Test Cricket's five-day length and great unpredictability, cricketers have at least one anxiety unique to them. A batsman never knows with any certainty when he will bat, except for the openers. A batsman will also be naturally anxious not to get out early and especially not to be cursed with the greatest of failures, getting out for a duck. Which, if you don't know what a duck is, it is basically getting out on the first ball that you are bowled, which is not good at all. Now, anxiety can either be state or trait. State is characterized by a state of heightened emotions that develop in response to a specific situation. It usually arises around high pressure moments. So in cricket, this could be the first ball of a game as there is such high anticipation leading up to it. Or it could also come from something as simple as losing the toss, which is such an important element in cricket and can have a big impact on players' performance as there is heightened anxiety due to the state of the situation. 
you know, if you bat or bowl first, that can really impact how a cricket team performs and can either set them up for failure or for success. Gloomy, real low cloud. Cloudy skies still, and that's why Joe Root looked up and decided when he won the toss, we will have a bowl. They won the toss and sent us in, and it was dark, so dark. So as you can kind of tell by the tone of their voices batting in those conditions is a batter's worst nightmare which therefore led them to collapse as they all got out for only 180 runs then there is trait anxiety which refers to a general level of stress that is a characteristic of each individual what may prompt anxiety in one person may not necessarily generate any emotion in another so athletes will have varying levels of trait anxiety and they will also implement strategies to deal with their personal levels of anxiety so, for example, Steve Smith, Australian batter, is always shadow batting whenever he can and is conditioning himself to deal with anxiety when out on the field. He just loves cricket. Even away from the game, he's shadow batting in his bedroom. Very often there'll be a message in the group WhatsApp just being like, Steve, are you batting? Because you hear a tap, tap, tap in the hallway. He's always batting or shadow batting. So this kind of shows how it is a part of his character and how he as an individual is dealing with his stress and anxiety when playing cricket. Now we'll be looking at the sources of stress. So stress is the non-specific response that the body makes based on the demands placed upon it. It is often confused with anxiety. However, stress tends to be more of an emotional response related with the physical, whereas anxiety tends to be an emotional response associated with the mental. It is different for everybody because there is differing expectations placed upon different athletes. And there are also many types of stress. For example, fear of injury, financial concerns, crowds, expectation, preparation, contract concerns, selection concerns. But through all of this, it is important to focus on positive thoughts, positive outcomes and sharing concerns to avoid stress. It is important that cricket players manage their stress in particular as any distraction can impact their game majorly. For example, one of the biggest stresses international cricket players experience is being away from home for long periods of time. And if they let this stress get to them, then it can really cause them to slip up, which can then affect their whole team. But it's also amazing because cricket players are really really skilled at managing their stress which was something that I noticed throughout the whole test documentary series which was made it like 10 times more interesting to watch just how they could keep it together when there was so much stress surrounding their role that they had in the cricket team. Now we will be looking at arousal. So arousal usually has a more positive connotation on performance than anxiety does because it refers to the degree of energy release and the intensity of readiness of an athlete. So this positive feeling of arousal can energize an athlete which significantly increases their drive to succeed and it can be what an athlete thrives off because by having arousal, it really motivates and pushes an athlete to do the best that they can in performance. But there is a challenge, which is to identify the level of arousal most likely to bring out their peak performance, which is called optimal arousal. And a theory often associated with optimal arousal is the inverted U theory. Now, if you'd like to go check out what that looks like or a little bit more information on that, I have inserted a link in the show notes and also a diagram in the show notes of the theory. 
With arousal, it's important to focus on performance rather than the outcome. So if you're too hyped up, you may lose concentration. So in cricket, arousal can be increased if when batting, you just stay in the moment. So Usman Khawaja said when he was batting, I was just trying to bat. I wasn't thinking we have to survive for 150 overs. I'm just thinking that I have to bat well enough here. And if I do that long enough in these conditions, that's how I'm going to survive. He ended up getting up to 50 runs and was able to stay in for a long amount of time. Whereas Aaron Finch, for example, focused more on the outcome than his performance. He was at 50 runs in a test match and started thinking that if he keeps this up, the team could get a win. And he said, but I probably was thinking so much about the game, so much about the situation, trying to get into a real partnership with Uzi that I used up so much mental energy that I was so tired and I haven't really experienced that before. Just being on way too much probably led to my downfall in that innings. So that was just an example of how being too aroused can have a negative impact on your performance. Now to wrap up everything that we have just learned, now we'll be looking at the psychological strategies to enhance our motivation and manage anxiety. Now I'm sure this will be very beneficial to all of you athletes out there as these are key strategies that we need to be able to perform to our absolute best. One strategy can be concentration and attention skills. So sports psychologists generally do agree that the key to success among elite sports people is concentration or the ability to focus on the task at hand. So concentration can be improved through training that emphasizes the process rather than the outcome. Tim Payne was batting. This was a concentration technique that he used to maintain his concentration to ensure that his anxiety didn't take over his performance. I made a conscious effort that day not to look up at the scoreboard or the overs remaining. And it was amazing when you do that, actually, how quickly the time started to go by. I wasn't fussed on scoring runs. It was just purely about trying to spend some time. And I knew whilst I was out there with Usman, I felt reasonably confident that we could get it done. So when it all boils down, the game of cricket is majorly surrounded by eliminating all their distractions and giving a hundred percent attention to the next ball that is delivered or faced because as simple as this may sound concentration is often the hardest part of the game Another strategy is mental rehearsal. So this is the technique of picturing the performance or skill before executing it. It involves the mental repetition of a movement or sequence to increase the mind's familiarity with the desired motion. I find this strategy so intriguing because there are so many elite athletes out there that train and really put in a lot of effort for this particular technique. And it really does enhance their performance. And I just think it's so crazy how powerful this technique is. Now, you may be thinking, why is this important and why is it so powerful? So basically, it is important to improve performance because it elevates the body to the desired level of arousal, provides a clear idea of what has to be done, heightens concentration and narrows thoughts to the task. I find this strategy so cool and interesting, but I can't talk about it for the whole podcast. So I have put a very informative video in the show notes about the science behind mental imagery and how you can get the most out of it to help maximize your performance. So I really recommend going to watch that and extending your knowledge on this strategy in particular. Relaxation techniques are also another strategy that you can use as they can assist the athlete 
to control and manage their level of arousal and assist in the control of physical responses to stress or anxiety. Without the use of relaxation techniques when necessary, an athlete may be unable to reproduce in competition what has been learned in training because other factors are interfering with their concentration. So techniques commonly used by athletes include slow deep breathing, stretching muscles, progressive muscular relaxation. So that is relaxing specific muscle groups using exercises, mental relaxation, mental rehearsal, meditation, and centered breathing. If you would like to try out a type of relaxation technique, I have included a mindfulness meditation for athletes video in the show notes. But it is also important to know that everyone does have different relaxation techniques that work for them. So it is okay if meditation doesn't work for you to help you feel relaxed before performance or even after. Steve Smith uses a particular technique that helps him relax before every ball he faces. I'm going to play it to you guys now. It does sound a bit odd, but it helps him. And I guess that contributes to the reason as to why he is one of the best players in the world. The brittle twitcher and he's Steve Smith. He can't stand still. A number of times he needs to adjust his pads and everything around his body before he's ready and set to play a delivery. I think it's left pad, right pad, box... One tap in the middle, two behind my foot, look up, two behind my foot, look up, one, good to go. Every ball. So he does this before every ball to help manage his arousal and control his stress levels and make him feel relaxed and in the game. And this is the reason for his dominance with the bat. It's because of his amazing cricketing mental toughness. When I reached out to a few cricketers asking them what their techniques were, um, Holly Furling got back to me and she's an Australian cricket player. She said that breathing is important to me in the heat of the moment or just before taking the field. It helps me to relax and find freedom of movement when I'm bowling. In brackets, if I'm too tense, I end up forcing my action as opposed to trusting myself. I'll always take a breath at the top of my mark, which makes me pause and gather myself. So that's an interesting technique. Another interesting technique that I saw in the test series, Warner said, who is a batter, he said, when I'm stressed, I think of a nursery rhyme in my head and it takes me to a happy place. So that kind of shows the contrast between people's techniques and how everyone is different in how they find ways to relax themselves. And our last strategy for this segment is setting goals. So goal setting is important and it is essential for managing anxiety because if athletes don't have a goal, they could be under aroused in relation to their performance or to their sports. And if the goal is too challenging, it can then increase anxiety past optimal arousal point. There are several types of goals which are important to athletes. So for example, short-term goals and long-term goals and also behavioral goals which relate to improving behaviours when in training, competition or even both. So the Australian cricket team hold team meetings before big games to discuss their goals for that specific match and also to reinforce behavioural goals such as their ethics as the Australian cricket team. So for example, their ethics are we respect the game, we respect our opponent, we love playing cricket, we use common sense, we keep things simple and we play hard but fair. So they use this to enhance their motivation out on the field. Goals do vary depending on the game or who they're versing. So, for example, this is a short-term goal that Tim Payne gave to his team before a specific game. 
things. I think the challenge for us, for from me to to all of us for this this test match is quite simply we've just got to keep doing what we are doing for longer periods of time. I think our best cricket we've shown that we can break them open with the ball, we can put them under pressure with the bat. I think if we keep doing it for longer, we're going to have some really good results. And a long-term goal that the Australian cricket team had was to win the World Cup in England. So this required a greater investment of time and energy to really get their team up to the standard that it needed to be in order to achieve this goal. So now that we have covered all of the strategies, I would just like to make it clear that everybody is different and every athlete will have different strategies that suit them and their needs. And when I was getting ready for this podcast, I did reach out to a few cricket players and ask them what sort of strategies they used. And if you would like to read up on their responses, I have included them in the show notes as they were too lengthy to read out right now. But I really recommend going to check them out as they're really interesting and I feel like they could be really beneficial if you need some ideas of what you would like to employ to enhance your motivation and manage your anxiety. Now, welcome our interviewee for today's podcast episode, dual athlete Josh Fetterplays. How are you, Josh? Yeah, I'm good. That's good. So just a few questions to start us off. How long have you been playing cricket for? Uh, I've been playing cricket for, I'd say, eight years now. And you also do go-karting as a sport. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, I've actually only been doing that for about three years now. Now, can you just briefly explain the nature of these go-karting races for us? These go-karting races usually take place uh, very far away from where I live, and there you go for six hours each, six-hour endurance races. Wow. So it's pretty tough. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. So where does your motivation come from in cricket compared to go-karting? My motivation in cricket probably comes from just me uh, wanting to better myself and try to get out there and score more runs and... Just beat your personal best. Yeah, and just feel myself getting better and uh, because it is very rewarding when you yourself improving and what about go-karting um go-karting is much different i would say because it is it's a greater passion um it is tougher to get motivated actually it's probably easier to get motivated because i enjoy it so much and i actually look forward to um getting there and just racing my friends and trying to beat the very very competitive guys nice can you explain the difference in experiencing optimal arousal in the sport of cricket and the sport of go-karting? Uh, in the sport of cricket, optimal arousal would probably have to be when I am seeing the ball very well and in this instance hitting sixes and fours. On the other hand, uh, go-karting, the optimal arousal in that sport would have to be consistently putting down fast lap times and um, getting into a, a fast rhythm. Can you explain a scenario where your stress levels got in the way of your performance in either cricket or go-karting? Um, I'd say I'd go with go-karting here. One time I was racing in Canberra and I had a festival to go to <laughs> on the Sunday on race day and I was starting the race and I was very, very nervous because I wanted to get out of there and go to, really? to the festival. <laughs> and so um, I ended up starting the race and then I'm um, spinning because oh. I just, I, I guess, under pressure and I just 
my head was somewhere else and it didn't help yeah. that I had I had um that is a very different a source beers. of stress but I guess yeah it, well, it was it was so different for everyone there's so many different yeah well I was stressed out because I wanted to get to a festival and <laughs> I was just I didn't want to be at the racetrack at that current point in time so Josh what strategies do you use to manage your anxiety when endurance races are so long um strategies I use to manage my anxiety would uh have to be probably putting my suit on about 20 minutes before stints so I can get in the zone and then start to visualize when and where I can improve my lap times to enhance my team's position you know okay yeah so is this then different for cricket and if so how uh yes in cricket it's actually completely different for example whilst you're batting I manage my anxiety by Staying extremely calm, which I, I, I usually do it by picturing it as a net session. Uh, it takes away the competitiveness and the nerves. Wow, thanks for that insight. That's actually really interesting um, to see it from two different sports, I guess. So that is actually all we have for today. But one last question before you go, Josh. Do you believe that the mental side of playing cricket is just as important as the physical side? I think the mental side of cricket is uh, way more important than the physical side. Really? Yeah, it's there's, there's no way the physical... I mean, you, you have to be physically good at cricket, yeah. obviously. But, yeah, to be to be an amazing player like people such as Steve Smith, you have to be mentally crazy. Like, <laughs> like yeah. we saw in the Test series. Yes. Nice reference, Alex. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> it's a good show, isn't it? You've watched it. I've, I did watch it. I've actually watched it uh, multiple times. Uh, Same. Is, I think I'm going to watch it for a third time. It is such an inspirational show. So that brings us to the end of our interview. Thanks, Josh, for letting me um, ask you questions. That's okay. Anytime. brings us to the end of this week's episode i hope you have all enjoyed this and i've learned something new i strongly encourage you all to go and extend yourself and access the show notes as this topic is so broad and there's so much more out there that you can learn and implement into your sporting world and also make sure you watch the test series that is something you just have to do have a great week everyone